Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Every morning, when my wife is perhaps off doing somewhere else or in another town, I go to the local diners, and I did the last two mornings. And there's a couple older ladies. You know, I'm 64. I guess a little bit older than me, not necessarily a ton. And they work their butts off. They're waitresses. And they earn just a little bit of money, and most of the money they earn, of course, is from tips. I have never seen them so worried in my life. I've gotten to know them just by showing up from time to time. And I leave significant tips because I can see that they're stressed. And the one said to me, I can't afford to fill up my car anymore. It was a hundred and ten dollars. And the same food I bought for about 50 or $60 just a year or so ago is now $100. Now, many of you know this because you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're on minimum wage and so forth and so on. But there's other Americans who see these things happening but are not living paycheck to paycheck. I am not. But I see what's happening. And at some point, Everybody's impacted by this. When there are shortages, when there's economic dislocation, 
It's just that some are hurt faster than others. Some are hurt worse than others. But inflation knows no friends. And I felt terrible for these ladies. At the same time, I said, it's a diner. And so the guy who owns the diner, he can't be sure if he's going to be getting the food supplies and the other supply, even napkins. So the pricing is unstable. The, the provisions of the products, unreliable. And that is a disaster in an economic system. So we're having shortages, huge price spikes. The value of the dollar, meaning your income or your pension, whatever, is shrinking. Expenses are going up. And the only thing Biden can do is blame the Republicans, blame the virus, blame Putin, and say that he's ordered an investigation of the baby formula companies, and he's the fertilizer companies, the oil companies, the meat companies. Ladies and gentlemen, do you really think that all these businesses and all the employees working for them are conspiring against you? Because you have to believe that if you believe what this administration is saying. Or do you believe that they are absolutely incompetent and don't have the foggiest idea what they're doing and they're making matters not worse, but disastrous? Disastrous. And it's going to get worse and more disastrous. Let's look at this baby formula issue. As the Daily Mail puts out, Abbott Laboratories said it could be 10 weeks before baby formula is restocked. That's two and a half months by my calculation. Well, guess what? Babies can't wait that long. Once given FDA approval, Abbott's Michigan plant could reopen in two weeks. But the company said it'll take six to eight weeks to replenish its supply. So the plant closed in mid-February amid reports of infant illness and death. Four infants, two died, two got sick. The plant closed in mid-February. After a thorough review of all the available data, Abbott said there is no evidence to link our formulas to these infant illnesses. No evidence. So what is the FDA doing? It's sitting on its hands. It's keeping this plant closed. Now, if Donald Trump were president, he would override the FDA and and order the plant to be opened. But Biden's in the Oval Office. And he won't do it. Congress is going to hold a hearing. The Democrats control the House and the Senate in two weeks. Not tomorrow. Not Monday. Not in two weeks to look at the formula shortage. To look the formula shortage. So the FDA, the Biden administration, 
And now the Democrats running Congress, they're putting the lives of these babies in danger. It's that simple. It's that simple. And Congress, this Congress, and this president want more and more control over your lives. They think they can run every industry, investigate them, threaten them, interfere with them, shut them down. What is this? Meanwhile, as you've probably heard by now, a Republican representative who happens to sit on the Homeland Security Committee, Kat Kamak, Republican of Florida. Kat, C-A-M-M-A-C-K. She's being told by the Border Patrol that they're holding pallets, not boxes, pallets of baby formula being sent by the federal government to these border facilities for the illegal alien children who cross into the country. They're sending pallets, pallets, a baby formula to the border. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Americans working, Americans with kids, they can't find baby formula. And this representative Kamek posted pictures to social media of empty formula shelves in Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, they're empty everywhere. They're empty everywhere. And she even pointed out that the photos were from the Ursula Processing Facility in Texas, where thousands are being housed as Fox Wright and processed and then released. She said the concerned agent told her that she would not believe the shipment I just brought in. Shipments, pallet upon pallet upon pallet of baby formula. He's been a Border Patrol agent for 30 years, the congresswoman said, and he has never, ever seen anything quite like this. He's a grandfather. He's saying that his own children can't get baby formula. U.S. Customs and Border Protection didn't immediately respond to a Fox request. 100 House Republicans called on the Biden administration to do more to address the ongoing shortage. This is an issue of life and death. It's time this administration treats it with the appropriate urgency it deserves, the GOP said. So this, this baby formula facility, Abbott, in Michigan has been closed since February. That's almost three months ago, give or take. And this administration does nothing. Nothing effective. And then Biden did something today. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. And I'll explain it when I return. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. 
Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You ready for this? Today, Joe Biden canceled three pending oil and gas drilling leases. Actual drilling. Drilling leases. In Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. He canceled them. He's canceled these drilling leases three of them oil leases in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. Can you believe this? And Dan Crenshaw, congressman from Texas and a war hero, says it's day 477 of the Biden administration. We have record gas prices and they have still not leased one acre of land to drill oil. See, they're happy to drill, excuse me, to lease these areas that are unproven, that will take years to develop. But here we have three that are ready to go. Three that are ready to go, and they kill them. That's not an accident. The Department of Interior announced a decision late last night saying there was not enough industry interest in the areas. But experts argue the Biden administration's fight to cancel all oil and gas leasing has made it risky and unappealing for the oil and gas industry to even begin new investments in the U.S. Canceling oil and gas leases is part of Biden's ongoing pushing of the industry, including threatening banks for lending and investment, said Daniel Turner, executive director of the Energy Workers Advocacy Group Power the Future. We are all living... The consequences, outrageously high prices and growing shortages. And the Biden decision comes just days after the U.S. hit record high gas prices. According to the AAA, the national average gas price is currently $4.42, up $3 per gallon the same time last year. $3 per gallon. That is unbelievable. From a buck forty to four dollars and forty two cents. Just incredible. Biden blocked all new oil and gas leasing on federal lands via executive order shortly after taking office, but a federal judge overturned that decision. Now you need to understand that the situation would even be worse. Just like the spending, the extra five or six trillion would have pushed us into a depression. Inflation, 
Biden issued an unconstitutional executive order blocking all new oil and gas leasing, and a federal judge had to say, no, you don't have the power to do that. He's also taken steps that are definitely smaller, but meant to do anything possible, including issuing a waiver, they say, for E15, so that thousands of pumps in the Midwest could could have gasoline that make it available to Americans, so that it's $0.10 a gallon less as... White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, look, you don't drive up the cost of something by three bucks and then say, look at me, look what I did, and then cut it by 10 cents. Now, just to keep you apprised, and I'm sure in your own area, the same gas stations around here that had the base regular gasoline price, 87 octane, at $4.19 on Monday are $4.49 today. They've gone up 30 cents in four to five days. People cannot tolerate this. They cannot withstand this. I mean, it's just impossible. Inflation at 11% of producer price index. Remember, we explained the producer price index is what producers pay at the wholesale level before they make what they make or do what they do and then sell it to you. Producer prices trickled down slightly to a still blistering 11% for the year. Ending in April, according to a report Friday from the Bureau of Label Statistics, close to the highest ever on record. And remember what I said, how they adjusted these numbers, which are, in truth, much higher. But the government fixes the number. And I don't mean reforms it. I mean fixes it so it doesn't actually reveal the extent of inflation. New signals, more pain to come for households. The producer price index gauges the wholesale prices of goods, which are eventually passed down to consumers. Price pressures remain high, with final demand goods up sharply for a fourth consecutive month, while final demand services held steady. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's always a pleasure to have Jim Jordan with us. Congressman, a lot on the table here. I want to start with one thing that's come out tonight, and then I want to move into this education issue, which is a bombshell issue. Uh, I don't know that members of Congress have ever subpoenaed other members of Congress. I don't know uh, that a committee this kind that does not have a Republican appointed by the minority has ever functioned this way. I don't know uh, how a committee like this can ignore the speech and debate clause. And I don't know how a committee like this can claim that they're investigating January 6th without subpoenaing all the records from Nancy Pelosi to find out why the hell she didn't do do anything and bend a finger to protect that building. Meanwhile, yeah. you got a subpoena along with four of your colleagues, including Kevin McCarthy, and you read about it in the media before you actually received it. Isn't this part of the problem that this committee is illegitimate? Yeah. And, and, and Mark, I've yet to see the subpoena. It still hasn't been served. So, I mean, look, and you're right, this is just a further weaponization of government to go after fundamental liberties. I mean, we, we're going to talk about what the, what's happening at DOJ, what they're doing to moms and dads who simply go to school board meetings to stand up for the best interest of their children. And, and, but we got that government disinformation governance board. We got, you know, we got what happened to fight. So it's just one more example. Uh, we sent a letter back to the committee in January outlining all our concerns. None of those concerns have have changed. They're all still there. And frankly, I have more and one of which is what you just described. But never forget, this committee has already taken uh, taken a text message that I had forwarded to my friend, then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. They have altered that message, changed that message, presented it to the American people as if it was from me, lied about it. And so much so they had to apologize, which is, you know, they use some fancy government language, but it was basically like we got caught lying. So, uh, yeah, this is this is uh, but this is how they operate. Let me just say this. Then we'll move on. When and if you guys take the house. You must have your own January 6th investigation. You may well be chairman of the Judiciary Committee and determine why Nancy Pelosi failed to protect the building, failed to have enough Capitol Police, failed to call in the Metropolitan Police in bigger numbers, failed to accept 10 to 20,000 National Guardsmen. You must subpoena her texts her emails her documents her records we must get to the bottom of this and you guys must show them that the sword swings the other way too otherwise this government will be changed forever congressman what say you no i no i think you're you're right um you know but we know why she didn't do what you just described mark because what happened in the summer of 2020 they 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 went after police they said that you know police were problem they talked about defunding the police they said rioters and looters were peaceful protesters uh that, that, so they couldn't do what needed to be done what the white house offered them which was b- bring more national guard uh, uh to to the capitol that day so we you know i think we know the answer to that but uh you're right um if i've said many times before if this is good for one side it's good for the other and i bet you'll find an awful lot of quote-unquote collusion with the washington post and the new york times and the tv networks and all the rest between members of this rogue, Stalinist-like committee and so-called uh, journalists who are an appendage of the Democrat Party. All right, Congressman, let's move on. You, uh, you and Congressman Mike Johnson put out a very stunning letter yesterday to uh, the Attorney General of the United States. Would you like to explain it? 
Well, the attorney general testified last October that he would never use the anti-terrorism, counterterrorism measures of, of, of the Patriot Act and, and that we have in, in law against moms and dads showing up at school board meetings. And we had brave whistleblowers come forward and give us over two dozen cases where that looks like the statement he made last October is not accurate. Because we, we highlighted some of the examples in our letter. One, one case, a mom who was in the group Moms for Liberty and actually owned a firearm, which you're allowed to under our Constitution, so she support, supports the Second Amendment, is in a group Moms for Liberty and, and shows up at a school board meeting. She gets, she gets reported on the snitch line that was created as a result of the memorandum from the attorney general and gets reported, and they put the threat tag designation on her, and they do an investigation, for goodness sake. So that's just one example uh, uh, that we highlight in this letter. Um, again, this is the, the weaponization of government that is driving Americans crazy, that is an assault to our Constitution, assault on our Constitution, I should say, and an affront to the First Amendment. Um, and, and I think the American people have had it. So we just wanted to underscore what we thought was going to happen last October. And it's why we called for time and time again, rescind that memo, Attorney General, take that thing back, do not put this in practice. But the, the apparatus he put in place was exactly what was used to launch these investigations into parents. So this woman's a parent. She complains at a school board. She has the right freedom of association under the First Amendment, Moms for Liberty, freedom of speech under the First Amendment, freedom to own a handgun where she lives under the Second Amendment. And those three things triggered a domestic terrorism national security investigation, correct? frightening. It's frightening. And never forget this too, Mark. Understand how this all happened, the speed and the intensity with which this all this all started. The letter comes on uh, September 29th in the National School Board Association of the Biden White House. Five days later, the Attorney General of the United States issues a memorandum doing exactly what was suggested in the letter from the left-wing political organization, namely use the Patriot Act and domestic terrorism, counterterrorism measures against parents. And then 16 days after that memorandum on, on October 20th, there's an uh, email sent out to FBI agents around the country. Now, go back a second. The memorandum on the 4th, that was sent to all U.S. attorneys, every single U.S. attorney in the country. The email on the 16th was sent to FBI agents around the country saying, use this threat tag designation if someone reports on the snitch line that was in the memorandum. All that happened. All that happens in 22 days. Now, the, the first question you ask is, when have you ever, ever seen the federal government move that fast? But when it comes to chilling the speech of moms and dads, oh, my goodness. They worked at record speed because they thought it was going to help them politically. It actually backfired, I think, is the reason Glenn Youngkin is now the governor of Virginia. But that's what they were up to with that kind of speed. And then you see how it was used. There was a snitch line that was reported about this mom in that example we just talked about. And, of course, there was the threat tag designation associated with her. And they investigated. And but for good FBI agents who come forward, we would not know about this. Let's be clear about this. The federal government has no legitimate jurisdiction at any school board meeting, period. Education is local. Law enforcement in those circumstances, state and local. They had to come up with this ruse, this national security ruse, the Patriot Act. You know, I used to support these things. I just don't anymore, to be perfectly honest with you, Jim. And so now these things are being used against parents. And the only way to fix this, really is to rise up on election day and overwhelm the voting system with our voters, throw out Pelosi, throw out Schumer, and then take aim at the executive branch, throw out Biden, and I think this is all going to happen. The problem is we got almost three years left of Biden. 
You're going to have the Attorney General of the United States. Let me just say this to you, Jim. In Article 2 of the Constitution, we have the uh, the take care clause. Take care that the laws are enforced, right? You're on the Judiciary Committee. Yep. Yep. Okay. Two presidents have been impeached for failing to do that. Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Our federal immigration laws have been rejected by this administration because they don't agree with them. That's not a basis for not enforcing them. They have to faithfully execute these laws. And now we have an attorney general of the United States who will not faithfully execute that federal statute, which says you need to protect these justices in so many words. And we have Governor Yunkin, who just asked Fairfax County, Virginia, the biggest county in Virginia, to expand the border of security around three justices who live in that part of the state. Yep. And the county officials said no. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, you can't. I mean, the, on one hand, FBI resources used to put the threat tag des- designation on moms and dads and run, run investigations. And then you have a direct violation with what's happening at, at Supreme Court justices' homes. What, a direct violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 1507 that says if you're protesting at a justice's home, at his home, at his residence, in a, in a way to intimidate or influence a decision, which they're definitely doing because the case is pending, for goodness sake. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing happened. They're not going to do anything. Where, where, where's the attorney general then? So that is the, this is what drives Americans crazy, and well, it should. And again, why I think, I think that um, Americans are going to show up in a big way and make a change come this November. I just hope you guys use the same brass knuckles as they do, because uh, I'm being very honest about it. The only way we got rid of the independent counsel statute, which the Democrats unleashed against the Reagan administration, was when it was unleashed against the Clinton administration. Then both sides came together and said, we got to drop this thing. Remember Barney Frank and... uh, and, and Dodd and the others put this thing together. Yeah. But then when these swords swung the other way, they stopped. Oh, I know. I know. That's the only way, Jim, that this is going to end. It's the only way. Yeah, the only, the only way you stop a bully on the playground is you have to stand up to him. And at some point, we have to stand up to the left who wants to take away First Amendment, Second Amendment liberties, free speech rights, who wants to just go after our Constitution that has served us so well, made us the great, helped make us the greatest country ever. Yet you have to do it, because if you don't, they will just keep going. And now we see something new that's never we see the weaponization of a select committee where they said, we're not going to let the people, as you pointed out earlier, we're not going to let the folks who the minority leader selected to be on that committee. First time in American history, first time in the history of the House of Representatives that the minority leader was not allowed to place on a select committee. Those individuals he or she selected where you have a select committee lying about things and now going after fellow members um, as just an example of all the other things that we've seen from this administration that just. Do, do a great injustice to the Constitution. But one of the big things uh, that you've pointed out now, and you've written, you point out in your letter, three times in early November for information respecting this, uh, this memorandum targeting uh, law-abiding, tax-paying parents. The parents of this country need to understand that your worst nightmares have come true, that parents have been, without any predicate whatsoever, been under criminal investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, they won't call them targets and subjects and anything else. But these snitch lines remind you of the 1930s. They remind you of Russia. They remind you of Germany. They remind you of all these horror stories. And if you don't put your foot down that and the Ministry of Truth and, and big tech other than Twitter now doing what they're doing and, 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 and the whole woke stuff going on all over the country, our college campuses and our corporations, we're losing control of our country. By the way, spend yeah. a couple of minutes. That's all I've got. Tell us about your book. What you, do what you said. 
you would do. You would do. Yeah. Well, I, I always point out, I, well, first thing, I wrote every word of it, uh, Mark, and, and uh, it's doing great. It's not doing as well as the Mark Levin book, but no books do. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's, it's doing great. And it takes people behind the scenes. It really does. It takes them behind the scenes. Interactions we had with President Trump, who did more what he said he would do than any president in our lifetime, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And takes them in, in some of the big fights and investigations we had here on Congress. Your, your listeners will enjoy the read just like they enjoy reading the great books that you put out. The book is Do What You Said You Would Do. It's on Amazon.com, any major bookstore, but you can get it right now, Amazon.com, from one of our heroes, right? Jim Jordan, Do What You Said You Would Do. Jim, thanks a lot, buddy. Take care of yourself. Thanks for all you're doing. Take care. All right. God bless. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, folks, I want to explore something with you next hour, among many things. There's so much going on, obviously. And this is where we meet. This is our national town hall meeting place. Trotsky. Leon Trotsky. wasn't even his real name, but it's the name he adopted. One of the revolutionaries who led, with Lenin and Stalin and others, the Russian Revolution. Eventually, Stalin would have him assassinated, tried many times. Expelled from Russia, wound up in Mexico. Died from an ice pick which was swung by his assassin, hit him in the head, did not kill him instantly. Where he apparently said, in his last words, a day later at the hospital, he finally got me, meeting Stalin. You've heard of Trotskyism and Maoism and Stalinism and Leninism. And the reason you've heard of all these isms is because Marxism... Is a very strange ideology. While it's quite specific and detailed in some respects, it's quite ambiguous in other respects. Once the Russian Revolution overthrew Tsarist Russia's government, Lenin also famously said, Marx doesn't tell us how to govern. Marx doesn't tell us how to govern. So, Lenin viewed it one way, 
but he died relatively shortly after the revolution. His deputy officially was Trotsky. And he warned Trotsky to watch out for Stalin, to stop Stalin. Because Stalin was never in the close Lenin circles. And next hour I'll explain what happened. You had multiple movements within the Marxist movement in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and then ultimately the Russian Revolution. You had the Mensheviks. The Mensheviks. Who didn't believe in overthrowing the government by violence. They believed in changing the culture from the bottom up. The quote-unquote workers and the various factories... And eventually they would rise up and demand. And demand essentially Marxist fundamental principles in response. You had the Bolsheviks. And by the way, these attitudes would change even within these different camps. And the Bolsheviks, they believed in the overthrow, violent if necessary, of the Russian Tsar. Lenin was a Bolshevik. Trotsky, for the longest time, was a Menshevik. And he also tried to build a bridge between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks and the others, other groups, but these were the two main ones. And early on, Lenin didn't trust him, thought he was a weasel. A lot of history between then and the revolution. But ultimately... Trotsky would throw in with the Bolsheviks, as with many of the Mensheviks. Now, why the hell is Mark telling us about all this stuff? Oh, it'll make sense. But I have a hard break, so come back next hour, and I'll complete the circle. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. So let me pick up where I left off. Trotsky was perhaps the most intellectual of the bunch of the communist revolutionaries that overthrew and took over Russia. Now, the truth is, they never had even close to a majority of the population behind them, about 20%. They didn't even have a majority of the quote-unquote workers behind them. And even though a number of them would serve time in Siberia, the fact is that their, their efforts were not taken seriously enough until it was too late. Trotsky was among the most vicious of them, but they were all quite vicious. 
when Lennon took over, as I said, he would soon get sick relatively shortly thereafter. Stalin would eventually replace Lenin through a number of uh, connivances and assassinations. And Trotsky would originally become the, uh, the head of the military, the Red Army. But he fell out of favor because he had a different ideological view of Marxism than, than did Stalin. Stalin's view was more akin to a strong man and a single political party, the Communist Party, which would be the state. The party is the state. And that party would be a permanent fixture that would, in essence, ensure that the Marxist economic system and all the rest of it would be enshrined and be complied with. And that those who opposed it, or those who would even belong to professions who objected to it, would be annihilated. So we can get to the promised land. Trotsky was also in that way a barbarian, but he didn't believe in this top-down, iron fist party idea. He believed in what he would call, and he wasn't the first to invent this idea, but he did elaborate on it, and he was prolific, on what he would call a permanent revolution, more bottom-up. A permanent revolution where the people, the workers, the unionists, would be constantly making demands, constantly imposing their will, constantly stirring the pot. That there should be really no permanent institutions. You can imagine how unworkable that is. Then you have other ideologies, post-Russian revolution, you know, Maoism and so forth, but I'm not going to get into all that. So anyway, Trotsky is cut out of decision-making by the seven-member Politburo. He was one of the members, but Stalin packed the Politburo the way the Democrats wanted to, and do want to pack the Supreme Court. He packed the Politburo the way Nancy Pelosi packed the January 6th committee. He was impotent. And eventually, Stalin just removed them all together. And then, following that, Stalin banned him from Russia, considered him a threat. And he escapes, and he goes, winds up in Mexico. But he keeps writing prolifically and criticizing Stalin and Stalinism. And Stalin didn't like that, just like Putin doesn't like to be criticized overseas. So he sent his assassins out, and eventually one of them got him. As I mentioned before the break, with, a, with an ice pick. But the story is about this notion of permanent revolution. And I got to thinking about this. And finally a little light bulb went off. 
the Democrat Party is about permanent counter-revolution. Now, what do I mean by that? It's never satisfied with a nation at peace, with a nation that is successful, with an economic system that feeds the vast majority of the people, with the beneficence of the American people, our charities, our churches, our synagogues, mosques, go on and on. The Democrat Party is in a constant state of urgency, of animation, of threats. Whether it's slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, and now it's moved towards Marxism. The embrace of critical race theory in and of itself. The embrace of Transgenderism is a movement. The war on the nuclear family. The war on American history. They're in a permanent state of counter-revolution. So you wonder to yourselves, why don't they understand these people that we live in the greatest nation in the world and each and every individual is free to succeed or fail? It's called free will. It's called free will. Because the only individual they care about is themselves, ladies and gentlemen. I put it, I think, fairly succinctly the other night when I said, these are selfish bastards. They don't care what they do to other people, whether it's a baby in the womb, whether it's people who live on the border, whether it's the waitress, who can't pay to fill up their car to get to the diner to work, or the mothers can't get baby formula, or their parents are trying to influence what's going on in the classroom and so that needs to be criminalized through the back door. They don't care. They push an ideology that I am defining for them. This permanent counter-revolution. So they have to attack tradition. They have to attack custom. They have to attack institutions. This is the enemy from within. That weakens the nation within and without. The war on the cops... That's the war on the civil society. Without cops being able to enforce the law and protect the citizenry, we have no civil society. Well, you can't have a republic, a representative republic. You can't have free speech and freedom of association and due process and all the rest. If the mob takes over, the mob, the constant, permanent, persistent counter-revolution... That's why they're never satisfied. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. It doesn't matter how deeply into debt a nation goes. It doesn't matter how many examples we have of the failed Marxist slash socialist state. We just haven't worked hard enough at it. 
this worker's paradise. So not to get too complicated, American Marxism is really about American Trotskyism. Broadly Marxism, but more directly Trotskyism. And yet it's, it's, a, it's a permutation of that as well. It's sort of Trotskyism with a touch of Stalinism, isn't it? Because they want decision-making centralized when it benefits them, but they want decision-making from the mob when it benefits them. So they want the Supreme Court, as an example, to have unfettered power as long as they control it. Doesn't much matter what the people think or what elections hold. And yet if they don't control the outcomes at the Supreme Court, they want the mob and the counter-revolution. They want both. And they have both. More and more they have both. I'm not trying to intellectualize what is going on today, but I am trying to provide some context for it. All of it is un-American. All of it is anti-American. But when you read these books on critical race theory, which unfortunately I've had to read, and you read the founding fathers of that movement and the founding mothers of that movement, which I've had to read. When you read where the so-called climate change movement came from and what its real intentions are from half a century ago in Europe, the degrowth movement. When you look at what Biden has done with his executive orders, when you look at what's going on with immigration, can't have a sovereign nation with open borders. And when you look at the steady attempt to destroy the Constitution's protections, separation of powers as an example, that's what's taking place. This is a counter-revolution. It is a permanent counter-revolution. Trotskyism with a mix of Stalinism. I hope this helps put things into context for you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. 
or choose unlimited data and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. For many, many years behind this microphone, I've asked, where is the Democrat Party blueprint? Where can we read it? They want to create a society in lieu of our constitutional republic. Well, can we read their proposed constitution? But they can't provide it. Oh, they have proposals and agendas and policy, but they can't provide it. And if they did provide it, it would be meaningless. Because of this permanent, constant counter-revolution that they are involved in. That's why they're always angry. That's why they're always protesting. And that's why they are always violent. Violent propaganda and rhetoric. They've been thinking about the riots of 2020. Why do the press keep calling violence arson, burglary, assault and battery, even murder, mostly peaceful. Why? Because in many respects they were behind it. I don't mean they organized it. But they provided the megaphone for the violence and the rioting And the world on the cops and the world on the civil society. And so did the Democrat Party. Most by their silence. Many by their support. Of the organizations that were behind the violence, including Black Lives Matter. This also helped explain why individuals like LeBron James, Oprah Winfrey, billionaires... George Soros, multi-billionaire. Do what they do and are what they are. They're ideologues. So rationality, reason, logic, knowledge, facts, don't move them. We'll never move them. They believe in the permanent counter-revolution. The whole notion of critical race theory. Unless and until this society is obliterated and everything connected to it, including white people, including minorities who act like white people and think like white people, whatever that means, then we will be in a permanent, constant state of a counter-revolution. And the home for this movement isn't the Communist Party USA. That wouldn't work. It's the Democrat Party. It's the Democrat Party. That's the base. It's also the center. Biden likes to make this comment, I guess, because it's a class war type comment but it makes no sense I want to build from the bottom up and the middle out what does that mean exactly how about we just build 
Isn't that a good idea? And everybody contribute, whether you're at the bottom, the middle, the sides, the top, wherever, wherever you are. But they need to categorize people. They need to dehumanize the individual. Nation was founded on individual liberty. How often do they talk about individuality or liberty, let alone individual liberty? Never. Never. Everything needs to be transformed. Everything needs to transition. We're not talking about real reforms. Every society needs real reforms. Every conservative believes that. We're talking about massive change, dislodging, dislocation in pursuit of an ideology that doesn't even know where the ideology ends. The reason why Marx doesn't give, in his writings, Lenin, a blueprint on how to govern is because they don't have one. Oh yeah, you know, they move from more more of a centralized system to more of a mob-type system. They don't have anything to replace the United States Constitution. They throw on terms like equality until equality has to be replaced with equity. Whatever that means. You can't define a woman unless you want to define a woman for some reason. Can't call a baby a baby. It's a choice unless it's a baby. If you don't conform to the behavior that they demand, if you don't have a uniform way of thinking, then you're to be destroyed by their media, by their party, and now more and more by their justice system. More when I return. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. I notice, I touched on this yesterday, but I want to expand on it. There's just so much to do each evening and there's not enough time, quite frankly. I told you I'm flirting with doing a fourth hour. I know the listeners in New York are demanding it, aren't they, Mr. Producer? And uh, maybe doing an extra podcast hour. You never know. I am a workaholic, you know. With my four hours of sleep at night. Which upsets my cardiologist to no end. But there you go. I have noticed 
that the Putinoids are getting more and more unhinged with their support of Putin, whether they be in Congress, on radio, on TV. The more the Ukrainians kick the butts, kick the butts of the Russians. And they're making more and more hysterical comments. They are making more and more false comments. Trashing the Ukrainian president and the Ukrainian government while pretending not to be criticizing the Putin government, which they're not criticizing. I am told I don't follow the comments and the retweets, and I don't have time for that, but apparently Paul Gosar, who's a congressman from Arizona, Mr. Producer, who was on the show years ago, was very upset. Called it name-calling when I called them Putinoids. I didn't even talk about him specifically, but apparently when the shoe fits. And he said, as many do, my kids don't know a world without war. I thought to myself, do we have troops in Ukraine? No, we don't. Do we have pilots flowing in the airspace over Ukraine with a no-fly zone? No, we don't. We don't have any troops in this war with Russia committed to combat. So what the hell is he talking about? But they all sound like George McGovern from the 1970s. Who the hell wants a forever war? Who are these people who want forever wars? They talk about in generalizations, well, you know, the Washington war machine. Well, who is that exactly? You know, most people who've gone to war at the Pentagon, they don't want war. Most veterans living to my sh- listening to my show, as well as active duty and National Guardsmen and all the rest, they don't want war. Most parents don't want their kids in a war. I don't want my kids in a war. I have kids, too. I don't want my grandkids one day in a war. So their comments are like from comic book figures. The issue is, how do you prevent us from being drawn into a war? Now, when Russia invaded Ukraine, Vladimir Putin made abundantly clear last summer that this wasn't the beginning of the end of his adventures. It was the beginning of the beginning. Now, I have a grandfather who fought in World War II and a great uncle who fought in World War II. And a father. Now, what would they say about Mr. Gosar? And Margaret, what's her name? Marjorie Taylor Greene in their positions. They'd say they're nuts. No, I don't know if they're nuts or not. But their arguments, which I hear all the time, are stupid. And you either agree with them, they sound like the Trotskyites. You either agree with them or you're a warmonger. Maybe worse, a neocon. When over 80% of the American people want us to help the Ukrainians, does it occur to them that they don't make any sense? 
And then you hear these arguments. Shouldn't we be focused on baby formula rather than helping the Ukrainians? Let's pretend that Russia didn't invade Ukraine. We would still have this same exact baby formula shortage since the invasion and defending the Ukrainians with weaponry and information had nothing to do with the baby shortage. Or how about this one? I mean, these are all fortune cookie comments. They're so stupid. Shouldn't we be worried about our border more than their border? As if we didn't help the Ukrainians, suddenly we'd be securing our border. The border's been wide open since long before Putin invaded Ukraine. But even more. Russia has an ally. It's called Communist China. Communist China and Russia have a new ally called Iran. What do they all have in common? They hate our guts. Iran is building and has built ICBMs. They want to put nuclear warheads on them to threaten the United States of America, which they're already threatening without the nuclear warheads. China is threatening the United States of America, and they're not messing around. They have a massive navy. They're building ports on the western side of Africa, which they've never done before. My great uncle fought at Guadalcanal and that island chain there. The Chinese have just made a deal with the Solomon Islands, which includes Guadalcanal. To have just sort of a dock there, you know, just for some of their ships. It's deep in the Pacific. That can threaten Australia. Well, come on now. What do you want a war, Mark? What do you want? What do you want here, dummy? What about baby formula? We need to focus on that. We ought to focus on that. And the other things, too. Then I hear, well, China's going to learn from Russia that they might not want to invade Taiwan. I'm thinking, uh, hello, Taiwan is an island. You know what the Communist Chinese Navy did a few days ago, Mr. Producer? They surrounded the island with their navy. You see, ladies and gentlemen, there is no border through which we can move howitzers and other heavy equipment to help protect our ally, Taiwan. It'll be virtually impossible to get them food, water, and aid. Military aid. You think the Chinese know this? Their mainland is less than 90 miles from the island of Taiwan? I think they know it, yes. You know who else knows it? Our allies, the Philippines. Our allies, the Japanese. Our allies, the South Koreans. Our allies, the Australians. And in this instance, our allies, believe it or not, Vietnam. They all know it. Mark, you're just a warmonger who wants to get us in. You know, our kids don't know a time when there wasn't war. Well, we don't create these situations. Last time I checked, we were attacked from Afghanistan on 9-11. We didn't go there. They came here. I just wish these so-called 
American firsters. I'm an American firster. You're an American firster. They're effectively American lasters. Would comprehend the stupidity of their arguments. They're not MAGA. They don't support the Trump foreign policy. Trump took out Soleimani, took out Baghdadi. He put the screws to Iran. Fired missiles into Syria, killing Russians. Put the screws to Russia, put the screws to China, put the screws to North Korea. Build up the United States military, created the Space Force. Not one of these clowns, these commentators on radio and TV, not one of these clowns in the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Putinoids, have anything in common with Donald Trump or his foreign policy. They have everything in common with the old George McGovern foreign policy, worse, with Bernie Sanders' foreign policy. And so the worse off Russia is, the more they want you to be scared to death. Now, I have a question for you. If Putin was going to use tactical nukes, because that's mostly what he has, what's he waiting for? What's he waiting for? Why does he have to keep saber-rattling that he's going to use tactical nukes? Why doesn't he just use it? Why doesn't he just hit Kiev with a tactical nuke? Why doesn't he just hit Odessa with a tactical nuke? Why are they losing lives fighting over this steel mill, which has a dual use as an underground nuclear bunker, and use a tactical nuke? Why doesn't he just use tactical nukes on supply lines? What's he waiting for? Is he afraid? What would happen if he did that, ladies and gentlemen? He hasn't done it yet. Why not? What's he waiting for? Well, he's got to really, really lose. Right. He's more likely to use poison gas or biological weapons. He's got a lot of it. A lot of it. Which would be a horrific thing. Because he's a monster. People want to know, how is this going to end, Mark? How do I know? But I know it won't end and wouldn't have ended if we hadn't provided support to the Ukrainians. And, of course, Joe Biden is always a dollar late, a dollar short, and a day late. If Putin is defeated in Ukraine, he won't have the capacity to attack the country he really hates, Poland. He won't have the capacity to attack Romania, the Balkan states. He won't have the capacity to attack Finland, which has always been neutral, but is now prepared to join NATO. And what Putin has done is he strengthened NATO. He strengthened the resolve of the NATO countries, including Germany. How about we cheer for the United States every now and then? And ignore the mouthpieces who give Vladimir Putin aid and comfort and propaganda to use 
to try and inspire his own troops. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. American Rescue Plan provided eviction relief, funding for states and cities to allocate to landlords and renters, help them keep a roof over their heads. Five million households. Remember those long lines you'd see in a television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget people were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. What is this head case screaming about? He's condemning his own administration. They didn't have enough tests for COVID, even though it was the Trump administration that invented them. They didn't have enough vaccines for the longest time, even though they were invented during the Trump administration. People can't get baby formula today. In your wildest dreams, did you ever think that? Before Christmas of last year, Biden had to give a statement about the supply chain. When inflation was beginning to kick in months ago, months ago, Biden said it was transitory. I could go on and on, ladies and gentlemen. It's we who should be yelling at him, not he who should be yelling at the atmosphere. Do you notice he yells at the atmosphere, Mr. Producer? Kook. Kook doodle doo. Baby formula today, you watch. Senior citizens on fixed pensions like Social Security and so forth tomorrow. This ugliness has only just begun in the United States of the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? 
This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. In November 2020, the Democrats were up to no good. They were planning to pull off the greatest scheme of election fraud ever seen. They didn't think we would catch them, but we did. Find out what they did and how they did it in the new documentary film called 2000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza and executive produced by Salem Media Group with research from TrueTheVote.org. 2000 Mules tells the story of those who tried to hijack a presidential election. And you'll see the actual video surveillance tapes. You'll see how they tracked their cell phones to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. See the proof for yourself. 2000 Mules. Watch it or buy it today at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. When I predicted it, not that I'm Nostradamus, as I say, Nostradamus. Um, but I knew it was only a matter of time till the American people are going to be blamed. I mean, we've gone through the list, right? Big fill in the blank. Putin. The virus. Now it's you. You see, Jen Psaki of MSNBC and the Biden administration blames you, mothers for the shortage. Cut five, go. But if you are a parent who's looking for formula right now, struggling to find what you need, do you have even a rough guess of how long these shortages are going to last? What should parents be bracing for here? Well, we've already seen an increase in supply over the past couple of weeks. What we are seeing, which is an enormous problem, is hoarding. Uh, people hoarding because they're fearful. Uh, that is one element of it. And people hoarding because they are trying to profit off of fear, fearful parents. So that is also something we're focused on uh, taking efforts to track and adjust uh, and address and, and look into. Uh, so it's you parents, you see, particularly you mothers. You're hoarding. Some of you are actually trying to profiteer. Now, as the government sends pallets, the baby formula to the southern border, for illegal immigrant children that they know are coming because they're wanting them to come. They're blaming parents for hoarding. How many parents are hoarding? I mean, parents in this country really are quite, quite nasty, apparently. I mean, they go to school board meetings and they are obvious domestic terrorists and racists against critical race theory. 
and bigots against transgenderism for five-year-olds. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, they're book burners because they don't believe little kids should be learning about genitalia in their books in the library. You parents are really quite horrid, which is why our fantastic Attorney General of the United States has an entire Department of Justice, 93 United States attorneys, 20,000 FBI agents on the lookout for you. And now you need to be investigated because some of you might be hoarding. When you went to Walmart, did you buy three? Three packages of baby formula? Three bottles? Well, if you bought more than one, what's the definition of hoarding? Then you're obviously a hoarder. You must be, you must be dealt with. And we shall deal. And then they'll have... Just a matter of time, the brownouts and the blackouts, all you people with your electric vehicles. Hey, Martha, I, I did what they told me to do. I plugged it in. There's nothing here. I mean, it's a brown, a blackout. I can't, I can't get... Exactly. And the rest of us will be spending $8 a gallon for 87 octane regular gasoline. If you can get it. Oh, I can see it coming. Mark the day, Mr. Producer. Even in odd numbers, yet again. It's Tuesday. May I fill up my car? No. Gotta wait for Wednesday. And then everybody gets up at 1 in the morning to get to the gas station to fill up their car. Did you say fill up your car? No. We're rationing. The days and the amount. Oh, and while we're at it, Yes. You're a single parent? Yes. Why do you have two vehicles? Well, I got two vehicles. Uh, 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 uh. We're going to tax the hell out of the second vehicle. You don't need two vehicles. Don't you understand what's happening to the country? You need to have skin in the game. You're not patriotic. Oh. I didn't know. We're sick of you hoarders. It's only a matter of time. Please listen to me. Where they turn on the people. Where it's the people's fault. Where you eat too much meat. Where your kids drink too much baby formula. You're hoarding. Where you eat too much bread. Where you make too many demands on the system. Then they'll have Joe Scarborough. Nika Bladinska. Joy Reid. In full throat. Trashing the American people. You must be a white supremacist. No, as a matter of fact, I'm not. Oh, no, no, you have to be. Then they'll attack the victims. The first they'll attack the capitalist system is not providing what needs to be provided. No, but you're destroying the cap. No, no, no. It's the capitalist pigs. And you obviously don't support equity. What the hell are you talking That's right, I said equity. It's big oil. They did this. Let's have hearings. Let's call back the January 6th Stalinist Committee. They'll do our dirty work. Let's issue subpoenas. Let's have our left-wing kook groups, our communist groups, bring lawsuits. Let's drag the executives in front of a kangaroo court. Let's make examples out of these people. 
let's divert and anger people so they don't attack us. That's what we'll do. You must be ultra MAGA. What? Ultra MAGA. I'm just MAGA. No, you're ultra MAGA. Or maybe you're a neo-MAGA. Are you a neo-MAGA, Mr. Producer? I'm just curious. You are? Are you a neo-MAGA? Or an ultra-MAGA? And MAGAism. MAGAism. Excuse me? MAGAism. Ultra-MAGA. What are you, a head case? Uh, no. But you women out there, parents, you're clearly hoarding. And so we must conduct a, an FTC investigation, Federal Ta- Trade Commission, and an antitrust investigation. Unfortunately, there's many of you parents out there, you mothers. So we're going to have to pull all of our FBI and prosecutors off the January 6th trespassers and paraders and focus on you, the hoarding mothers of America. In fact, you're ultra-hoarding mothers of America. That's the ticket. Meanwhile, Joe Scarborough on the morning, Joe, man's always quite rational. Always makes a lot of sense, don't you think? Uh, He had this to say today. Cut eight. Excuse me. Cut six. Go. So, Steve, when I hear Republicans saying, oh, it's Biden's policies that have led to this inflation. I know it's a lie. Um, But let's, though, let's if if I'm a Republican candidate and I'm campaigning. And I say, okay, Steve, I want to tell the truth on the campaign trail. Unlike all my other Republican brothers and sisters, what can I blame Biden for as it relates to uh, this, as it relates to inflation? And and I'm asking that question because I like. Ladies and gentlemen, does Joe Scarborough sound more and more like Joe Biden? Does he do you, Mr. Producer? Absolutely incoherent and with a touch of illiteracy. Now, this is a guy who's a multimillionaire. Many, you know, some of us are, but I don't begrudge it. This is a guy who pretends to be broadcasting from Secaucus, New Jersey, when in fact he's doing it from Jupiter, Florida. When I'm in Florida, I tell you, I'm in Florida. I'll be leaving. Go back to Virginia. But the morning Schmo and Mr. Schmo live on a sizable estate. And they put the phony backgrounds up behind them of the Capitol building and so forth. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, they're of the people. They're of the people. They bring a conga line of morons, crackpots, and kooks on as guests. Because that's what they are. And so you just heard him for a few sentences. Absolutely unintelligible. Go ahead. You and Larry Summers were warning the Biden administration to stop spending money. You were warning Democrats to stop spending money. And you guys were just absolutely trashed by other economists. All right, let's break this down. Does anybody understand how he transitioned to this? You know he transitions, right? So now let's break this down. Let's go back to the top, Mr. Producer, of the clip. Joe Scarborough, cut six, go. So, Steve, when I hear Republicans saying, oh, it's Biden's policies that have led to this inflation, I know it's a lie. Um, But let's, though, let's if if I'm a Republican candidate 
and I'm campaigning. See, he lost say, his okay, train of thought. He lost his train of thought because he has no idea what he's railing about. He just knows he hates Trump and Republicans. That's good enough. That's all you need to be on MSLSD. Go ahead. On the campaign trail, unlike all my other Republican brothers and sisters, what can I blame Biden for as it relates to uh, this, as it relates to inflation? And and I'm asking that question because let's get real here. okay? you and Larry Summers were warning the Biden administration. Wait, this guy, Steve Ratner and Larry Summers, Democrats. Uh, Are they Republicans? Are they on the campaign trail? Let's get real now, he says. So he's trashing Republicans, not by individual names and going on the campaign trail. And, of course, daring to mention that Joe Biden caused inflation by spending. And then he's praising this guy, Steve, Steve Ratner and Larry Summers for raising it. But they were trashed when they raised it. Go ahead. Stop spending money. You were warning Democrats to stop spending money. And you guys were just absolutely trashed by other economists. I won't use their names, but they're the same people that said for 20 years, there's such thing as a free lunch. And you said, no, the chickens are going to come home to roost. Wow, this guy doesn't have too many platitudes, does he? No such thing as a free lunch. Milton Friedman, the chickens have come home to roost. Jeremiah Wright, among others, I'd say. Not exactly Aristotle. Go ahead. That being said, do you point to the COVID relief bill? Because before that, everything was bipartisan. Yeah, look, I think you would basically say that Biden wanted to spend us into inflation. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This man spoke the truth. Yeah, you'd basically say Biden wanted to spend us into inflation. Now, the rambling by Joe Scarborough, the gibberish, obviously, by definition, is utterly incomprehensible. That's why he gets the big bucks over there at MSLSD. I think he's really plagiarizing Al Sharpton. Uh, But this guy, Steve Ratner, in about four seconds... Yeah, look, I, I, I think you basically say that Biden wanted to spend us into inflation. Wow. I'll bet the schmo didn't expect that. And that is the, the line Republicans should use. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Elizabeth Warren, who lied her way through her career, pretending to be a Native American, an indigenous individual, is a nitwit. I want you to listen to this. I mean, this is absolutely shocking. Cut 10, go. I believe in democracy, and I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop. Stop. I believe in democracy. 
And I don't believe that the majority, the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not in the Constitution. First of all, she cites the Constitution. I thought they hated the Constitution. Remember? It's written by white, straight, male, slave owners. And of course, that's not true of all of them, but it doesn't matter. It is the document of a white-dominated, white supremacist society. And yet they cite it all the time. Isn't it amazing? They cite it when they think they can twist it to their advantage. Now, she cites it. But that's not what the Constitution says. It doesn't say the majority rules at all time. It doesn't say anything like that. There are a couple of provisions in the Constitution, like with treaties, where you need a super-duper majority of the Senate. If a president vetoes a bill, you need a super-duper majority to override the veto. They set up a Senate. She's in the Senate, is she not? They set up a Senate that has nothing to do with democracy. Where the senators would be chosen by the state legislatures. Not even the governor. Not the people. That was changed a little over 100 years ago with the 17th Amendment. But the Constitution didn't provide for the direct election of senators. Moreover, the Senate is made up of two senators from every state. Two senators from California and two senators from Delaware. God, don't we know? That's not majority rule. Then we have the House of Representatives. You could argue that's closer to majority rule. But the Constitution sets up a republic. Has nothing to do with democracy. The Supreme Court has nothing to do with democracy. Those are lifetime appointments like the rest of the federal bench. The Senate, even today, really has nothing to do with democracy. Two senators from every state, but certainly during the founding. The framers tried to stay as far away from democracy and parliamentarian, a parliamentary system as possible. They wanted a republic. Checks and balances. Separation of powers. That's your constitution. That's why we've been free as long as we've been free. And it's people like her that want to destroy every aspect of that who promote, in my view, tyranny. Majority rules. Now, our founding document, that is, the document upon which this nation is based, the consensus, the Declaration of Independence, says nothing of democracy. They talk about representation, but more than anything else, they talk about natural rights, natural law, unalienable rights. People don't get to vote on your rights. She's a complete dingbat. The Constitution also specifically says that each body, the House and the Senate, will set up their own rules. The filibuster rule. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Are the individual rights and liberties of half the population of the United okay, States You don't of speak for half the population, regardless of what your genitalia is, between your ears, as they say. 
And why do you people talk about half the population? It's not binary. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? There's no such thing as a male and a female. No such thing as a woman and a man. What the hell's wrong with you people? You don't even follow your own damn insane propaganda. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, I've told you over and over again that this draft, first draft of the decision in February of the majority of the justices, focuses exclusively, exclusively on the issue of abortion. And the justices conclude, uh, we have no role, and therefore we have no opinion. We're not politicians. It's up to the people in the states, like Lizzie, Dizzy, Dizzy, Lizzie Warren. Like she said, she believes in democracy, except when she loses a vote. Now, that seems to me a rather modest position, rather moderate opinion, They're not saying, wait a minute, science tells us that's a life. And here's all the scientific data. And we'll even include some videos. That that's a life, a human life. And therefore, abortion is banned throughout the country. They didn't do that. They said, we have no say. They also said very clearly, we're not talking about any other issues. We're not talking about privacy. We're not talking about marriage. We're not talking about interracial marriage. We're not talking about any of these things. And yet, the media and the Democrats, one and the same, continue to lie about it. Over at the Stalin-supporting, Third Reich-supporting, Castro-supporting New York slimes, they keep lying. The Washington Compost and Russia collusion, they keep lying. Take a listen. Hat tip MRC. Cut 15. Go. Tonight, as the Supreme Court appears poised to reverse nearly 50 years of abortion rights. It's demeaning to make a woman feel like she doesn't have a decision. Amy, you just heard Michelle refer to uh, the anti-abortionist as terrorist, and she has a point. The court will surely suffer for this shattering self-own to its own legitimacy. The concern is that that it's going to to lead to other things, that it's a slippery slope. There have been uh, real concerns that this does go beyond abortion. Why wouldn't they think it'd be an infringement on other rights, a restriction, a, a, a removal of other rights? Next, they'll go after gay marriage and, and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the, what is it, Brown versus Board of Education? Yeah. Gay marriage, maybe even interracial marriage. The, the right for interracial marriage. They already eroded our voting rights a little yeah. bit. I hope there will be a national uprising, but I'm concerned that the stomach for that isn't there. A conversation about civility feels... Um, like it misses the mark. So far, all of the protests have seemed overwhelmingly nonviolent. It also sh- uh, shows Alito what it feels like to lose your freedom of choice. He cannot leave the house easily, so maybe that's a good lesson for them. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person. And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> What a bunch of sick bastards and liars. 
Did you hear the very slow Joe Scarborough in there, Mr. Producer? It could be. It's not interracial. It's interracial, Joe. And you know what a damn liar you are, and as, as are the others. You wonder why people are at each other's throats? You and I, we don't watch these shows. We don't listen to these fools. But there are people who do. And it doesn't take many. It doesn't take many. They listen to this bombast. Now, I'm still asking. Any of these phony news outlets, are they going to bring on Dr. Fauci or any of these other buffoons and ask them, is that a baby's life right before birth? You folks do understand that yesterday, every single Senate Democrat, every single Senate Democrat but Joe Manchin, everyone, voted not to codify Roe versus Wade, not to codify the Casey decision out of Pennsylvania. They voted to codify something that has never been promoted in any free society, which is abortion right up to birth, abortion up to the last second. Even Roe has the third trimester, as I keep explaining, where the state has an interest say the justices, in protecting the baby because it's viable. And Casey expands on that. But that's not what the Democrats voted on. They voted to codify partial birth abortion up to the last second. And I'm asking public television, PBS, the pubic broadcasting system, I'm asking the Discovery Channel, I'm asking any of the 1,000 channels on cable. We've seen, seen documentaries. We've seen programming where a child is born. Used to be called the magic of birth. How come we have never seen Partial birth abortion on PBS or the Discovery Channel or any of them. If it's not a baby. If it's just a choice. If it's just a matter of the woman's body. Why won't they show it to us? If it's that cold and indifferent. And humane, for God's sakes. Why don't they show it to us? Why don't they show us what happens? Where a big, long syringe is stuck into the top of a baby's head. Where they suck out the baby's brain and crush the skull. Then turn the dead baby who just went through excruciating, unimaginable pain felt it where the feet are first and then it's delivered dead with a crushed skull no brain feet first why don't they show us why don't they show us on the view 
Because after all, it's not a human being, it's not a baby, it's a choice. It doesn't matter. As the Secretary of Treasury said yesterday, some women have to make career decisions. And bearing that baby interferes with their careers. Why don't they show it? I don't mean a hand-drawn picture. I don't mean a description. I mean show it. Millions and millions of times it has happened. Show it. Show us California. Show us New York. Show us New Jersey. Show us Illinois. Show us Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. Show us. And then take a poll. If we adults don't defend these babies, nobody will. Because they cannot defend themselves. They're incapable of it. They can't speak for themselves. In excruciating pain, you can't hear them screaming. Why would somebody do this to me? But it's just a choice because society today has decided they're not human beings. Politics is more important. Careers are more important. I've about had damn enough of this. The lies about the Constitution, the lies about these five justices, the lies about this draft opinion, and the lies about these babies. And I'm not playing along. I'm not playing along with the crowd who says a woman isn't a woman unless it's a historic appointee, that a baby's not a baby unless they decide it's a baby. I'm not playing along with the party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of Jim Crow, and the party of infanticide. I'm not playing along. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Look, I know this is an unpleasant discussion. I know it doesn't help ratings. I got all that. But sometimes you have to do and say what's right. What's truthful. As I've told you many times, I don't even come to this from a religious perspective, even though I am a person who believes strongly in God and faith. You can be an atheist. You can be an agnostic. You can be whatever you want. This is the fusion of faith and science. Science tells us what it is, and faith tells us what it is. Science tells us this is wrong. Faith tells us this is wrong. The body politic, that is the Democrat Party, white liberals and minority activists, keep insisting on this. Keep insisting on it. Do we have any callers to whom I should go to, Mr. Producer? The great WMAL, WMAL, 
Chris in Frederick, Maryland. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Pleasure to speak. Very well. Thank you. You know, on the topic of abortion, um, I agree with you. And wasn't it Reagan who said something like the people who are for abortion are hypocritical because he never met one who had actually been aborted? Something to that effect? I, I don't think he said that, but I do know that he signed a law as governor that allowed abortion uh, for the if, uh, for uh, uh, for medical and rape exceptions. And he said what happened yeah, well, then I, is people. Hold on now. And he said what happened then was people would get doctors excuses who had not been raped and didn't have real medical issues, but they would use psychological issues as the exception. And they drove a bus through it, he said. Now, I can understand those exceptions, but the fact of the matter is we need to start with the truth and take it from there, that these are human beings. All right, go right ahead. Completely agree. I just wanted to make the point, um, I wanted to make the point earlier, you were talking about free will and you're getting uh, philosophical on, on the left position. I just feel like as Republicans, as conservatives, as people who uh, value this country, the Constitution, and our faith, we need to be able to reject the left's premise, reject the premise that they use, because they always have a premise that is different from typically our premise. We have to know our premise and be able to reject their premise. Also, I wanted to say, uh, in terms of uh, free will, like you were saying, people would argue sometimes that uh, – you know, capitalism promotes greed, but that's sort of the same argument to say that free will promotes sin mm-hmm. in, in a way it does, but it's still worth it. You have to be able to use it wisely, use it properly. Capitalism, there will always be greed when you have capitalism. Yes. Just like there's always going to be sin when you have free will. But I, you have I think to- these are brilliant points, but let me ask you something. Don't bureaucrats and politicians promote greed? Do they ever have enough? Right. And Do they ever look- have enough power? Do they ever have enough control over our lives? No. The good ones, the good ones will use it wisely. And uh, what about the real robber barons? Aren't the real robber barons these committee chairmen? Isn't the real robber baron these days the man in the Oval Office who can decide not just issues of economics, but law? They can use the law to impose their will. Most private businesses cannot, and they can't make the laws. They can't just issue regulations against other b- businesses and against other private citizens. So the, the central government has enormous powers, which is why the Constitution is set up the way it's set up. And one man's greed is another man's medical invention, isn't it? Interesting. Uh, Some people become very wealthy by doing, by doing fabulously humane things that save lives. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily greed to be rewarded for good things that serve people. That's what capitalism is all about. You do something, enough people want it and benefit from that, and you're serving them. Guess what? You make a lot of money. You're not that's greedy. Right. That was the reward. That's that's how. And what, do you, and what do you do with that money? You do, Well, if you're a person of faith. What do you do? You, you put it in your mattress? You put it in investments, right? That creates more wealth, more jobs, more opportunities. That's how it works. The dollar resonates throughout the economy, one after another after another. And when the government steps in and redistributes wealth, it destroys that entire process. Thank you for your excellent call, my friend. I want to salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. 
We shall overcome. Stick together, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. God bless.